Welcome to the Bridgetown Church Podcast. For the month of February, we are honoring Black History Month. Each week, members of our church family will be sharing stories that acknowledge and celebrate Black history from both their lived experiences and the world at large. Hey, Bridgetown Church. Uh, I'm Gavin, and on the podcast today, we have Trey, who's been working at Bridgetown now for about six months. Uh, He has some cool stories to share, but Trey, before you do, would you maybe tell us more about yourself? Yeah, what's up, Bridgetown family? Uh, Like Gavin said, my name is Trey Giles, and uh, yeah, I am the coordinator of Alpha and Evangelism here at at Bridgetown. Um, And I don't know, man, it's just been a blast. You know, I get Mm. to share meals with people and just get to have really fun conversations about faith and and doubt and all of those things. Yeah. So that's kind of what I get to do here. But um, mm. yeah, I, my wife, her name is Karma, and we've only lived in Portland for a year and some change. So we really haven't even been here that long and half of that time been working here. And so mm. it's been like a really beautiful whirlwind um, transitioning into Portland, but um, man, we're having a really fun time. And so just happy to be here. Good, I'm excited man. for our conversation. Oh man, thanks so much. And honestly, I just have absolutely loved working with you. I think you do a phenomenal job of what you do. And we're really, really grateful to have you. So thanks, hey. thanks for that, man. I appreciate you, appreciate my brother. You. Heck yeah, man. Um, yeah, so you and I have been talking offline a lot about kind of conversations uh, around really huge topics like reconciliation and injustice and justice and race and racism and you know, the role that things like forgiveness and confession and ownership mm, yeah. play in all of that. Uh, and as we've been talking about that, you actually had a really interesting story uh, that as we were kind of talking, we were like, oh, actually, I think we should talk about that story. So would you maybe tell us about that story? What was that experience like? Kind of start wherever you want to start, but yeah. I think it's good. Most definitely, man. Yeah. I, uh, you know, first, I guess I got to give some context a little mm. bit. And so I grew up in Colorado Springs, and then um, for college, I decided to go try to play football in Kansas, right? Mm-hmm. And Colorado Springs, if you don't know, it's like a military town. Hmm. And uh, the southern part of the city is, it could be actually pretty diverse, and just the military bases bring in people from all over the place, you know? And so I just, I'm used to that background. Hmm. Um, you know, I, I grew up in a house with just my mom. She's this little feisty, short, white woman <laughs> from Southern California, you know? And then... Um, my my biological father is is a, a black man. Mm. He also in Colorado Springs and got to know each other when I was older. But this is just like kind of where I'm coming from is that mm. context, you know. And I decided to go to Kansas to play football, and um, you know, I got hurt really quick. And I, I mean, I'm five foot seven on a good day, and so <laughs> like getting hurt and losing all that weight kind of took the football thing out of, out of the cards. But mm. I found myself as a first-generation college student in Western Kansas. Mm. So we're not talking about Wichita or Kansas City or anything. Like, we're talking about the plains <laughs> where, you know, you try to sleep when you drive through. You know what I mean? <laughs> and um, and I was just in this place, and, and the, the culture was different. It was the first time I had culture shock in my life. Mm. Like, this is embarrassing, man, but it's true. Like, I didn't grow up in the church. I didn't even know what a Catholic was until mm. I was in college. You wow, know what I mean? Yeah, like, wow. I saw my, like— all my friends back home who, uh, exceptionally some of my Mexican friends back home, they'd have rosaries on and stuff. Mm. Like that was my only context for mm. a rosary even mm. until I got to Kansas. Wow. It was it was really unique. But um, all this to be said, man, is I was in this culture. It's much different than anything I'd experienced and sports were gone. And so I had to find like this whole new identity. Like, who am I? Like, what is my voice? Who am I outside of a huddle or a field or a court? You know what I mean? And um, and it was it was a blessing, really. I I started getting involved in school and 
and just really developing myself as like a leader, if you would, on campus and just got really plugged in, you know, and I was studying organizational leadership and you fast forward a couple of years and um, I'm, I'm probably about in my, I don't know, maybe my junior year of college okay. and, um, and things in Ferguson start to happen, wow. you know what I mean? And and so we didn't have a lot of context for those conversations in Western Kansas, at mm. least where I lived. And so people were very much so on on the side of like, why is there all this uproar? Everyone's crazy. Mm, like wow. police are not bad. They're the ones who just do all of these beautiful things. Mm. And 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 I didn't want to have so much a conversation about Ferguson mm. um, in Hayes, Kansas is where I was living. Mm. I wanted to have a conversation about Hayes because wow. like I needed people to see it in their own backyard, you know, and and so mm. I put a, together a protest and I got, you know, all my permits and everything and and all of that. And I was just ready to go. I was mm. getting students all hyped up. It was kind of last minute. I mean, I'm a college student, so everything <laughs> is. But um, I got some people to sign up. I got people making signs, mm. everything. Mm. And I'm sitting in a class and almost like you're in high school and like they, the PA system comes on like, hey, Gavin, would yeah. you please come to the office? <laughs> Someone comes into my college classroom and like, Trey, we need you to come to the vice president um, of student affairs' office. And I'm oh. like, what? Hmm. So I go over there and the, the, the city police is there, the campus police is there and a couple of like people from the school and they're like, hey, wow. um, you're Trey, Trey Giles, right? And I'm like, yeah, I am. What, what's up? I'm like, mm. why am I here? Mm-hmm. And they said, well, we're getting calls and complaints that you're going to lead a whole bunch of students of color um, from this protest that you're doing. You're going to come down to the Christmas tree lighting ceremony. You're going to burn down the Christmas tree in the name of re- racial reconciliation. And I was like- wow. Okay, <laughs> that sounds fun. I, like, I, that, is like, that what I'm doing? What's I, my plan? Okay, but, oh, am no. I allowed? I don't know. Like, <laughs> oh, but um, all that to be said, of course, that was not the plan. Mm. Like, you know, we were there all about just being peaceful and we wanted to have a dialogue about yeah. how, in particular, black students were feeling treated by, by local officials, mm. you know, in our city and how we felt targeted a lot of times and just like, mm. I don't know, at, at a bare minimum, we could just tell that there was so much unease when we walked into the room, mm. you know? And so we, we proceed to do the protests. We're in the area we're supposed to be. There's news stations from our local things there. The police are so worried about this. They're parked the wrong way on one-way streets trying to watch us. And how are you feeling in this? Yeah. I mean, the, you're you're probably thinking like, this isn't quite what I was planning for, but like, did it feel distracting? Did it feel like, were you anxious at all? Uh, to be honest, if maybe it's like the rebel in me or something, man, I got mm. excited. Mm. Like it was more so just like, you know, people walk on top of a really pretty rug, mm. but not many people take the time to lift up the corner of it and mm. see what's underneath. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and I just wow. was like, yo, this is like an opportunity for me to lift up the corner of a rug mm. and maybe a couple people will see what's under there. You mm. know what I mean? Because yeah. it's not pretty. It hasn't been swept up in a while. So you <laughs> could ever. even in that moment, you could see the significance in what was happening. Yeah. Yeah. That's you great. know, and. And it just, I don't know, it felt like the right time to do it. And mm. and so the the thing is is continuing. And and I mean, one of my friends that I got involved, his mom is very angry that he's involved. And she comes mm. out and she's screaming at me like, why are you bringing in my son in this? You're going to ruin his life and Whoa. da, da, da. And then there's these big trucks. And I mean, you know, like the, kind of like the brand new mm. F-150 big tires uh, type of truck. Uh-huh, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And 
And uh, mm-hmm. there's a, a couple of my 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 brothers, I call them, mm-hmm. that uh, are driving around, and some young some young guys, and they're just they have these megaphones, and and they're screaming mm-hmm. outside of their truck like U F and N words and oh, da 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 da. I mean, like just being profane mm-hmm. with no filter at all. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they're just screaming. And there was a part of me inside that was just like, "Yep, gotcha." Mm-hmm. Like I knew you would show up. Mm-hmm. All I had to do was poke. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And so I'm sitting there and, and just watching this unfold. And mm. and then it ends. Like, you know, our time comes to a close. Mm. Kind of just gather everyone together. I'm I'm a real baby Christian at this time. And so we didn't mm. do anything all that spiritual, but I'm just here to try to to raise a voice. Mm. And so fast forward, man. I, you know, I, I get to do some more things that there's a lot of cool stories from living in Kansas, to be honest. But I graduated in 2015. Mm. And then I went to West Africa for a couple of years to do the Peace Corps. Um, and upon coming back, I actually moved back to Kansas, a place I told myself I would never go again, right? <laughs> yeah. And um, I was a youth pastor. Mm. And as you know, as you're working in ministry, people just like want to get coffee. They want to talk and even random people. And so mm. I kind of get one of those, those, those texts or emails. I don't remember. I'm like, yeah, okay. Sounds good. I'll meet you at a coffee shop. Some young guys like, hey, I just mm. want to meet up and talk. I was like, okay. We get to the coffee shop, and I mean, it's 15 minutes of just like pure awkwardness. Mm. Like, I'm just like, where are, they, where are we doing? Where are we going? Mm. And finally, he just like looks at me. And you know those, those types of looks where like they look at you. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, man, what's, what's coming? Mm-hmm. And he just says, hey, man, I was in the truck a few years ago. Mm. And I've, I've watched you and how you've lived and how you've, how you've walked in your faith. Mm. And I just want to let you know, man, like I was wrong, bro. And like— Wow. I've had conversations with my family. I've had conversations with my friends. And I, I I can't take it back, but like I was wrong. And mm. thank you for showing me that people who look like you mm. don't all act like the way I was brought up to think they did. Mm. And there was just one of those moments like, wow, mm. years later, man, wow. You know, and just it takes your breath away. You're like, man, that was worth it. Even for this one moment, like it was worth yeah. it. People screaming and all this and that, getting called out of class. Mm. I don't know, almost being viewed as like this degenerate young black college student. And it was like, no, nah, it was worth it. Mm. That was it, you know? Wow. Man, Trey, again, yeah, I'm feeling a lot of feelings. I think f- the first thing that I would want to say is like, I'm so sorry for that experience. It's, you know, it's, as a, a white student going through college, I didn't have anything like that going on. You know, I'm worrying about my grades. You know, I was worrying about paying for college, but I was yeah. just worrying about, you know, things like my grades. There wasn't, uh, you know, what I would call active violence against me. So like, mm-hmm. as I hear your experience, like the empathy in me, uh, I just want to say that I'm sorry. That should not have happened to you. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. you, man. Yeah. You know, when I look back, I'm like, you're right. That, mm. that shouldn't have happened. Yeah, I'm happy there was a different ending, but yeah, it was mm. just one of those things where you're like, our society ain't as far as we like to think all the time, you know? Yeah, yeah, man. And that's even, you know, as I as you were talking, I don't know if you were even intentionally doing this, but it was really interesting how you were talking about your intention was peace the whole time through, mm. and you were met with the violence that they feared that you were bringing. Mm. And, and I just think I'm like, even though you were, you know, you call yourself a baby Christian at the time, I'm like, I think you actually had more faith than a lot of us wow. to be able to stand in that place where there was active violence against you uh, for something that is not just outside of your control, but something that was actually given to you by God, like your race and your yeah. skin color and yeah. your culture and your story. Uh, and you still were able to meet it with peace. And like, even when you're saying like, I got fired up, like that's not 
and, and I know you, so I feel like I can say this. Yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong, but that wasn't uh, that wasn't like the wily college student who's like feeling ready to you know cause a storm. That was, I think, in you, the Holy Spirit prophetically letting you see this will be a, a defining moment for this space and for you and and for your life. And wow, so yeah, like, does that make sense? It, it does, and. You know, I guess I've never really even given it the space to really chew on it and, and mm. like reflect on what what was happening in me in that time. Mm. And I think you're right, man, because there was still a real part of me from my culture growing up and just my surroundings where, I mean, it was more of a fight rather than a flight, you know, always. Yeah. But yeah, I, you're right. In that moment, mm. there was just something different inside of my body. And it, mm. it was just one of those moments where you just feel the atmosphere shift, not only in your surroundings, but in yourself. Mm. And I don't know, you don't, you don't go back from stuff like that. Yeah. You know? A- absolutely. So then fast forward, you're in the coffee shop and yep. you're with this guy who you can see. I love that. I know exactly what you're talking about yeah. in those meetings where you're like, can you please just say what you're here to say? <laughs> Come on, you know I get mean? to it. <laughs> and, and, he, and he says it and you're immediately brought back to the moment that it happened. And you're immediately brought back, I'm assuming you know, that was trauma. You're brought back into that moment of trauma and yet you're reliving it differently with this man before you do. Tell me what that was like. What were you feeling like in your body, in your mind, in your spirit, whatever? What were, what were your strongest things going through you? You know, it was almost like I'm just like gripped by like a speechlessness. Mm. And mm. I, I, there's not words for that sometimes, man. It, it was just one mm. of those really profound moments that I just felt really really blessed to be a part of and mm. all I could do is just look back at him and just be like yo I love you man like wow. I, I don't have nothing else to say you know and, and I tried to just make sure he knew like I forgive you like mm. you know like we, man time has moved on we've moved on like I, mm. I'm proud of you for calling me and like setting this up or whatever you know like try to just honor him in that space but I was just like almost even selfishly just like wow man mm. like like God you really see like when you talk about standing up for the oppressed and like wow. giving people a voice, you know, and looking after the least of these in communities, like mm. there, that was it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it just, it, it gave me like a posture of like, okay, mm. I'll take the word for what it actually says. All right, let's go. Wow. You know? Yeah, that's so good. So it wasn't just redemptive for you in this relationship with this guy you didn't know. It was also redemptive in some capacity of your ability to see the goodness of God mm. in the things that are happening in the moment. Yeah, yeah. Man, I've got uh, one more question for you uh, because this is something we've talked about too and I think your thoughts on this are so good. Yeah. Oftentimes in the conversation around race and justice, uh, folks who are white in the church especially uh, tend towards something that we like to call spiritual bypassing, mm. which is sort of, uh, you know, it's using a spiritual should, quote unquote, to excuse someone's sin or mistakes or like a systemic evil entirely. Yeah. Of like, well, Jesus says that you should forgive. Mm-hmm. And you, you as the person who was harmed have to just pretend it didn't happen. Mm. So as you're even thinking back on this story, I think it's a phenomenal example. What do you, what would you say are like some key takeaway differences between um, actual restoration or forgiveness or reconciliation or whatever word you want to use it, justice, and then something like spiritual bypassing? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's a beautiful question, man. I, you know, when I'm looking at that, that guy across the table from me in the coffee shop, if that was a moment where oh, shoot, Trey moved back to town. I never thought I would see him again. Hmm. And, you know, he might remember I was in the truck, so I, sh- I should just get ahead of this. Like, mm. if it was that type of thing and and he says sorry, like, that, there's no there's no real depth in that, mm. you know? But 
to look at somebody and not only are they confronting you mm-hmm. in in a in a really beautiful way and bringing like them their actual being in front of you, mm-hmm. but when when he talked about, I've talked to my friends, mm-hmm. I've talked to my family mm-hmm. about these things. I'm like, okay, this is so much deeper than just like you're scared of your public profile and what I might say about you or if I could remember or whatever. You're like, you're not just trying to patch this up. Mm. Like you're going to the depth of where you maybe even learned some of these things Mm. where some of these like really bad habitual practices of viewing people in negative lights, like where you're having those conversations and like you're trying to remedy it in those space when no one else is forcing you. Mm. Like that's Mm. fruit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm like, if if I can, I mean, I'm going to judge you by your fruit. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what it and, says, yeah. And I'm like, yo, if if you're going back and doing that real work mm. without me prodding you to do it, th- there's something real about what you're saying, mm. you know? And so, and that's the difference is you could look at me and you could say sorry. And I mean, like with my wife, for example, I mm. could say, sorry, baby, I did this again. Mm. And it's like, okay, Trey, thanks. Mm. Mm-hmm. But like, if my actions ain't following up, what does that sorry mm. mean? Mm. You know, like she wow. watches me live. And if I change it then, mm. then my sorry when I say it and I live it out, like then it's it has depth, it has meat to the bone, you mm. know? And so that that's what I saw in him. And that and that is what I, I, I hope to see in people when they're trying to express, you know, any any level of trying to gain back reconciliation or trying to mm. patch up something or just ask the God to, to, to forgive and to heal. It's yeah. like, okay, but what are you doing too? Mm. You know, God's going to move. It's good. What are you doing? It's in your court too, you know? Yeah, man, I just, yeah, that's so compelling the way that you talk about that and tell the story and let us in. So thank you for sharing that, all of that with us. That was your story. You did not owe it to us. Similar to in that coffee shop with that guy, you did not owe uh, that moment of forgiveness. You didn't owe that to him. And yet we believe in a narrative different than the one the world tells that mm. Jesus sacrificed even his own life. Um, you know, I think in Hebrews where it, where it says you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. And mm. there's just something in you that resists evil to the point of shedding blood. And I think it is so um, emblematic of the character of Jesus. Yeah. And I hope to have that in my life the way that I see that in you. So I just feel really grateful that you would share that with us. Thank you so much. Um, last thoughts, Any anything else that you'd like to tell the Bridgetown family? <laughs> you know, um, I, I think I, what I would say, it, just if I have a moment, you know, is I, I'm proud of this family. Mm. I'm, 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 I'm proud of it. And I don't just mean lip service, man. Like, mm. I know we have a racial justice committee that is filled with incredible human beings doing real work. Mm. Um, I mean, we got a brother like JT Thomas on the way. Come on, like yeah. we're putting our money where our mouth is, mm. and and I, we're leaning into prayer. And I think that's just where so much of this gets stirred up. Mm. Um, and yeah, I just I just say let's keep going. And mm. I don't know what it all needs to look like. And in our city, like people, they want to say they're about social justice mm. endeavors and all this and that, but like. Or let's just continue to be prayerful. Let's mm. continue to like actually have real life stories be born. Yeah. And and let's just continually, I don't know, have more dialogues like this and mm. just talk and love on each other, share meals around a table and just get back to the really simplistic ways that show me that you want to be a friend and a family member, mm. no matter what our differences are. And like, mm. let's just press forward like that. So good. So, so family, may we be a people of fruit the way that Trey mm. is talking about it. May we be people who own uh, our our sin and our evil, and may we repent, and yeah. may we be received back at the table of the Lord. So Trey, thank you for sharing with us. 
Uh, I love you, man. I love you too, brother. All right, Bridgetown. We'll talk to you later. Peace. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Black history, Oregon's past racism, and Bridgetown's vision for the future, visit bridgetown.church justice.